do you want to keep training but aren't sure how? Listen to this episode for a chance to win a free home workout designed by Cody Smith. This is the exact same workout he has his PGA, NFL, and NBA athletes use right now. We're only giving away five. To win, you simply need to DM me on Twitter or Instagram at Kicking with the answer to this question. Who would Cody travel back in time to train with? Cody Smith owns and operates Cody Smith Fitness in Southern California, where he has become a go-to strength coach of choice, not only for high-level high school and college athletes, but also NFL, PGA, and WNBA professional athletes, such as NFL Pro Bowler Jason Myers, LPGA phenom Tiff Joe, and Kelsey Plum of the WNBA. A former Arizona State University football player, Cody Smith played professional football in the European American Football League in Germany, where he was exposed to unique lifting methodologies and techniques, which have helped give his current athletes a performance edge over their competition. If you'd like to train with Cody, send him a DM on Instagram at CS1Fit. Enjoy. All right, cool. We are rolling. All right, so... So what is your superhero secret origin story, Cody Smith? Gosh, so uh, basically how I got started, um, I actually studied marketing in college. um, And um, from there, I had always had an interest in strength training and conditioning stuff. So I was always bugging my strength coaches starting even in high school. And the more I got into college and into Europe, working with new strength coaches, different philosophies, I just kept bugging them, asking questions. And that was kind of just when I finally had a coach say, dude, you're really interested in this stuff. You might as well just start studying and get certified with all this stuff. And it kind of, you know, evolved from there where I just sat down with books and videos and I just couldn't stay away from them. I kept bugging every new coach I talked to. Uh, I kind of had a benefit of seeing a lot of different philosophies just because, you know, coming from the States, um, you know, we, we have some pretty great trading programs going on. I had luckily was fortunate to have a great high school strength coach and Kevin Room at my high school. Um, and, um, you know, from there, went to college, University of Arizona, had some great strength coaches there, you know, went to Norway, um, there's, you know, a lot of different emphasis on more like flexibility type of stuff. And then Poland was very heavy, you know, Olympic lifting and Germany was, was pretty much ahead of the curve too, as far as their training. So, so it was kind of cool. I saw a lot of different angles of training from, you know, different areas in the world. And that kind of really sparked and nodded my interest and kind of just, yeah, like I said, evolved from there. How did you end up in Norway and uh, Poland? Well, uh, I actually graduated right when I graduated from playing um, uh, from college, excuse me. Um, I uh, um, started working in marketing, um, hated it, and then uh, went to an open tryout and, uh, and for a developmental league and then uh, got picked up um, at an open tryout and then played a couple seasons and I, uh, you know, put my, my information online out there for, for coaches and people to see. And I get a call from Norway um, and I said, oh, is this, is this serious? And then, uh, you know, went in there and found out what Norway was and looked at the contract, realized it was legit, quit my job and went out there and then spent five years playing all over. So I played in Norway for two years, Germany for two and Poland for one. And so this, is, kinda... this is a European-American football league? Yes, it is. Yep. So I awesome. played the German football league, the Norwegian football league, and then, um, and the, uh, the Polish football league. So it was a good time. So what did you notice that was kind of different with playing with European guys versus playing at a place like Arizona state? Well, um, 
gosh, the European guys, uh, I mean, they, they don't take the game for granted. You know, it's not as much of a job for them. So for them, they, they're just hungry to learn every day. So you land there and then you got a million questions as soon as you get off the plane from people just hitting you up, excited to meet you, excited to talk to you about it. Um, and for me, it's really refreshing. Um, and, you know, a lot of times you get stuck when you're playing, you're, you're with people that are, you know, I don't know if I want to be doing this. Uh, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of work, blah, blah, blah. And then you get to, you know, some of these countries where, um, you know, these guys are just wake up, jumping out of bed, just ready to play some football. And it was pretty refreshing. Kind of reminded me of playing, you know, I, I first started playing and growing up. So for me, it really sparked uh, my love for the game again. And then uh, uh, with that said, though, um, there's a lot of differences in like, you know, you know, commitment to the to the game and stuff. It's, you know, out here we're, we're so accustomed to to the grind of, of being a great football player. And then uh, right now, you know, it's kind of hit or miss, like how committed guys are, um, you know, like in Germany, you, you get there. I mean, that's probably, that's far and away the best league in all of Europe. Um, and, you know, some, some guys are more committed than the others. Um, interesting thing for us is we play seven games, then we have a month long break and then have the, the other seven games. So, um, you know, it's it kind of interesting to see how guys took, took advantage of that break. Um, but you know, outside of that, I mean, it was, it was an awesome experience. It's pretty cool. Cause they, our coaches also told us in Germany, they basically said, here's a check for the month, take <laughs> car keys. You got to go somewhere. You just can't be here. And it, it was pretty cool. Cause we went and visited like three or four countries and then, you know, came back two weeks early and make sure we got back into training and, and got back to the work. So it was, it was a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah. When I, yeah. so after college, I did uh peace corps in Ukraine and there was, right. um, one of the, I guess one of the, the people that worked in the embassy in Ukraine had a connection with MLB and yeah. uh, they had, at least in the capital there, they had enough equipment where they made like their own little minor league. And I remember oh, doing wow. a summer camp, a baseball camp in Ukraine. And those guys, like they loved baseball more than any American I That's ever met. Awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think they ended up confusing it with cricket half the time, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it was still a lot of fun. And I think a lot of guys don't understand that they can, you know, obviously the NFL, XFL, Arena League, those are all possibilities and goals for guys. Yeah. But there's a lot of playing opportunities. And with the labor laws the way they are in Europe, you know, yeah. even if you're a minor league uh, football player, you're, you're going to be taken care of in a country like Germany. Oh, yeah. Germany took awesome care of us. Basically, you had a salary every, every, every month. That was you know, very reasonable. And then I had all my meals taken care of, a car, a gas card, my, my rent paid for. So a lot of guys kind of get skewed by what they see contract-wise, and they throw you contract. They're like, ah, oh, you know, I'll make more money playing arena, you know, not arena, because arenas, arenas, tough times too. But um, even you know, some going up to Canada or some of these places that, you know, if you're, you're low on the totem pole, I mean, it's 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 tough because they don't include your rent when you go out right. to Europe. Everything's included, so everything you're, you're making is you know, can go to savings or you know, if you want to use it to travel, go ahead and use it to travel. Pool. But um, right. you know, it's you know, I did a little bit of both. So, so, uh, so yeah, so I, I think uh, a lot of people don't really realize it. I think uh, the biggest thing, if I had any advice or a lot of these guys that are on the fence about going to Europe, so just go, um, you know, a lot of guys get stuck playing the indoor game and it's kind of a different feel. So I played a little bit of the indoor game and, and uh, it's a totally different game. If you're really trying to climb the ladder, I would, I would, I would branch into, uh, to Europe, uh, especially now too, that, um, you know, NFL is reaching into, uh, European leagues a lot more. CFL started a program to reach into the, to the European leagues more. Um, right. And I mean, when I was playing, I think I had like 11 guys in that league get picked up to go to camp. So, wow. and then uh, a couple of my teammates are actually, you know, on practice squads now. So, 
so it's, oh, it's great. So, so it's there. I think, uh, yeah, advice I have for somebody, if they have an opportunity to go play, especially German football league, go and do it. Yeah, but. German league seems to be especially uh, popular. I think that's the most well-developed uh, in, in Europe by far. Um, yeah. But um, let, let's shift gears a little bit. So yeah. your, your big thing, your bread and butter is strength and conditioning, and you work with a ton mm-hmm. of athletes from yep. middle school, high school, college, all levels, pro yep. level. Yep. What is your philosophy of strength and conditioning in one sentence? Yeah, so one sentence, gosh. So I, I'll just <laughs> say basically um, stability is strength. Um, if you, if you don't have stability, you don't have, you know, your movement patterns to, to control your body movements, then you're really not going to be as explosive as you naturally can be. Um, you know, once you, once you stabilize your body, stabilize, you know, your joints, muscles, um, and everything's firing together, you'll notice all your strength increase. You notice your speed develop, you know, your, your legs moving quicker, you know, your body's responding better and, and you just notice that you feel better. Um, so, um, I mean, I, I grew up, you know, Luckily, like my, my strength coach was ahead of the curve, so he kind of ingrained that in me early. But we, I mean, we still go through those those lifts where you just felt beat up after. So I mean, obviously you got to have those days. Um, but if, if you can keep your body, you know, you know, stabilized and and uh, have a good body awareness of of how you're doing and, and where your connection patterns are in the movement, then um, I think that's you know where you know where you really excel as far as an athlete. But yeah, once one one sentence to answer your question about strength or stability is strength. So, gotcha. And what do you what do you see as most? I and I guess like you know, obviously there's parents that listen to this podcast too, and you work with when you work with younger guys, you work with their parents almost as much as you work with them. Yeah. What do you think is the one thing that everybody's getting wrong about strength and conditioning, especially at the high school level or college level? Well, I mean, I, I worked with a ton of different athletes and um, I get this, you know, usually the first few sessions, um, um, I get a lot of people saying, oh, it's too easy. It's too easy for them. I'm like, well, look, this girl just played, you know, seven games in three days. The last thing she needs right now is for me to be beating her up. Like, that's the last thing she needs. If she wants her body to, or he, right, he or she needs, if they want her body to last and, and, and function as it should, they're still going to need that active conditioning days. They're still going to have to build um you know the, the stability strength in the body so your body's not shutting down especially as you get fatigued as most of get fatigued you know uh, what can happen and you know that you lose a little more control of the joints and the body um so um that's probably one of my biggest things is don't send your kid to a coach just to get beat up you know especially mm-hmm. strength coach they don't need to get beat up every time it's sometimes you got to really focus on some mobility the flexibility stuff um and and it's about longevity not so much just coming in you know getting crushed and going home. Um, right. But you will have those days. I mean, I'll, I'll send kids, you know, home. The parents are like, oh, man, he's been sore for two days. Or, you know, they go home and say, oh, I didn't feel too bad. And it's turned up and that's the next one. I say, well, you know, here's here's, here's a track of what you need to be doing. And, and you have a game in two days. Um, the last thing you need to be doing is not playing your full potential because if you're sore and beat up, you're playing in that game and you're not doing your best, then, you know, um, that's, that's on me too. So mm-hmm. um, I think – yeah, so that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so, what what's something that you coach that everybody disagrees with you on, but you think is true? Gosh, um, oof, that's a good question. Disagrees on what I think is true. Um, I think just how I do some of the movements. So, um, my my emphasis on basically connecting all your patterns. Um, I. I 
sometimes I do a lot of lighter weight, um, but it's more of an explosive movement. So for example, a lot of people are doing a lot of power clean work um, with barbell. I do a lot with the kettlebell. Um, I know you've done that a lot. Um, or I get a lot of, you know, coaches coming, um, you know, strength coaches seeing what their kids are doing, you know, in the video. And then, uh, you know, their comment to the kid is, you know, um, you know, throw a bar on your back, like use a barbell, do something like that. And I'm like, I mean, that's not always what you have to do. Just uh, I'm, if I'm sending me more explosive, healthier, faster, stronger than, you know, um, but it's more like the old school, old school coaches that we really want to see a barbell on you or pick it up the whole time, which, which, you know, uh, as, as I've already said, like there's a time and a place for that. But um, I think uh, for me, it's more about being explosive and control of your body um, than it is about, you know, always, you know, pounding the body heavyweight. Mm. that's a good question gotcha now you work a lot with golfers kickers baseball players and i mean even most most sports tend to have some type of rotational aspect it's very rare that you're going to have an athlete be completely ambidextrous unless you're looking at like a sprinter or something like that like obviously at basketball players shoot righty or lefty and same with lacrosse players um yep what is your i guess especially for kickers and this is kind of where you have kind of created this cool niche for yourself. Mm-hmm. How, how do you, how would you approach uh, working with a kicker? Like, like, let's say you're a righty kicker, I guess, and you, you're always rotating to the left as a righty kicker. Yeah. How do you make sure you stay healthy and aren't like throwing out your back? Cause that's a question I get yeah. a lot as well. Yes. That's actually a great question. So um, a lot of times um, I do a lot of anti-rotational work for, for um, athletes and I make sure that I focus on both sides. So a lot of times you're, you're kind of, you know, a lot more explosive if I'm swinging, you know, with my right leg, swinging right to left or even pitching, if you're throwing, whatever, um, throwing right to left, that oblique uh, chain's gonna be a lot stronger on one side than it is the other, just cause that's where all that rotational power is coming from. So I make sure I work both sides hundred percent so that we can stabilize the body. And a lot of times, um, people don't realize that anti-rotational work is actually what's going to really help you improve on your, your power and explosiveness because the whole philosophy behind it is if you can prevent your body from rotating, then you have the strength to rotate. Um, so I do a lot of anti-rotational work to stabilize the body and make sure, um, you know, you're not losing any, any connection in the core or the glute, um, um, which uh, like a lot of anti-rotational lunges with some, you know, rota- anti-rotation step ups, that type of movement. Um, which I can, you know, supply some video if anybody's interested in seeing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing, obviously, is also mix it, coupling that with, you know, anti-rotation strength for that oblique, oblique chain, oblique sling, um, to um, also making sure that everything's staying mobile. So keeping flexible and mobile because, you know, um, a lot of times you, you, get, you get so caught up building your muscles, but the problem is, um, if you get so tight, you can't really even draw into all the muscle groups. So as long as you open everything up so you can really fire all those muscles, it actually would make your, your movement seem a lot, a lot easier, a lot more simple when you lose a lot, but you use a lot less energy output to, to get into the movement. Um, gotcha. So flexibility, mobility, anti-rotation, rotational strength would be my four keys to keeping someone healthy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I haven't heard you say once you got to move big weight to hit a ball far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, and it's, I think in high there's no, I don't think there's any really, I mean, there's a couple out there, but there's no high school or college coach that's really ill intentioned against a kid, but 
you know, there's always that one strength coach who's like, well, we did this back in 1982 and, you know, Mm. he's coaching a kid had a back squat, but he's sitting in a chair because his back's blown out too. So, (laughs) you know, it's, it's the cripple teaching the crippled. Um, What do you see as the biggest difference between uh, a high school or college athlete versus a pro athlete? Um, and then could you kind of talk a little bit about some of the pro athletes that you work with and things that you notice maybe about their work ethic or how yeah. they view their training that's different from college or high school kids? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, I'll start with kind of high school. So high school, um, I really like to start working with kids when they're younger um, so I can kind of get them into the moving patterning, just basically all that. It's just a fancy word of saying, making sure that they understand the joint angle so they're not, you know, injuring themselves when they lift. So you know, my knee's not, you know, if I'm doing a lunge, it's not, you know, my femur's not collapsing inside, outside, whatever, which would kind of, you know, wear away at the ligaments in the knee or, um, but um, I, I'm always make sure that they have control of their body before they ever pick up a weight. Mm-hmm. So as far as high school kids, I mean, uh, you can actually get a lot done with just bands, body weight. And as I get older, more mature, obviously you start to do those more compound lifts like the, uh, you know, squat and bench, which I'll, I'll get them going early. As long as they can control, control the body, I will add that. Um, mm-hmm. For me, um, I mean, like I said, there, there's nothing wrong with doing those, those, those lifts. It's just making sure that you supplement it with some other stuff too, you know, so it's not always just, you know, pounding the weight right. um, on the body. Um, but, um, I mean, with these guys in high school, it's really important that they understand how to do it properly because they're going to be doing it, and they're going to do it in huge groups. Um, the higher they play, you know, they go to college, they're going to have good strength coaches. Uh, hopefully they, you know, a lot of times they do have good strength coaches in high school too, but you know, football teams, they got 50 kids in there and maybe what one strength coach, maybe two high school level, uh, if they're lucky. And then college, you'll probably have one main strength coach and, you know, four assistants maybe, and then coaches around. Um, but that's not their focus. So you really got to, for high school, I just really make sure they're educated and understand the movements and also understand how to, you know, make sure they're, they're treating their body right. Um, high school is always working pretty hard. And there's kids, if the, you'll notice the kids that want to be there and be working really hard. Um, and then there's kids that, you know, kind of want to be there. And then there's the kids that, you know, don't really want to be there and they're, you know, hanging out in the back or um, being lazy in the weight room. Um, college wise, I mean, everybody's in there grinding. I mean, it's, you're playing for a lot at that point. So, you know, in college it's, it's less of, you know, filling your numbers for a team, especially these days, how many guys are, you know, uh, you know, football is joining them a little bit. In college, you, you're fighting for, for a job and a position. Right. And um, and you get in there and, you know, everybody gets after it. Um, college is a lot more um, Olympic-type lifts, compound lifts, that kind of stuff, and, you know, kind of beating us up, getting as strong as we can. Um, but the pro guys, like, once you're there, the most important thing I've noticed is, is they just want to stay there. You know, it's all about longevity, so keeping the body healthy. Um, and they're they're very – body where you know they're just kind of been doing it for so long where you know they have a little more you know awareness of how their body's feeling uh, where they're feeling fast where they're feeling slow you know where they're feeling tight um, where they feel like they can improve and it's sometimes easier and also more challenging work those guys because of how knowledgeable they are um, but <laughs> the best ones um, the best ones for sure are the ones that you know they come in and you know I, I mean I work with Jason Myers is one of the hardest workers I've ever seen and um, I made a, you know, he was, he felt like he was getting a little too tired in one exercise. He's like, next time just tell me to suck it up because I got to be better than this today. And, you know, and then, uh, you know, he's, he's just always wants to be motivated, always wants to be better. And um, that makes him better at what I do too. Cause you know, if I, if it's too easy, he's going to let me know. <laughs> he's going to be like, Hey, I need you to kick my butt. 
Uh, but he's also so knowledgeable and smart with, with everything. He's really well educated with what he's doing that he, um, you know, has a good conversation with me. He's like, Hey, let's work on this today. This is what I was feeling in my swing. Um, this is what I need to improve. And, and, you know, so like I said, sometimes that's more challenging, but it's, it's also, it's also easier. I don't know if right. that makes sense, but yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, they've already got the self-motivation to get there and obviously they're yeah. good enough athletes to be at that level. Um, yeah. What do you see as some of like the, the two or three most important, like nutritional or just in general habits of athletes? Cause a lot of times if I ask a kid, Hey, you know, you were, you know, you've had a really bad week of practice. What's going on. The first thing I usually ask him is like, how much are you sleeping? And it turns out they're watching Netflix and playing Fortnite. Yeah. And if they're not doing that, they're bumming around talking to their girlfriend on Snapchat yeah. or something. You know, what are some of the habits that you see that, really separate the high performing high school or college guys from everybody else yeah you actually hit it right on the nose as far as um one sleep is so important to recovery and and, and growth and, and and um ability to perform because if you're not getting the right night's sleep your body's not recovering you're never gonna feel 100 percent um and you know kids should be aiming for eight hours a night and i know exactly what you mean because i had players i'm like dude you're dragging today what are you doing he's like oh i woke up early to play Fortnite before school i was like what are you talking about school starts at 8 a.m woke up early to go to, to bed play like tonight. oh i was up oh. till midnight yeah so it's so i'm like listen like if you want to be great if you want to do something special then you got to really emphasize taking care of your body um getting enough sleep eating the right meals um and a lot of times the only uh, sometimes a big problem with with how many supplements are going around with these kids how young they are mm-hmm. um when the best best thing you can do is put you know good food in your body put the natural right. stuff in your body and another thing too is that people don't realize that a supplement is a supplement to what your meals are so mm-hmm. if you are taking supplements it's not a replacement it's 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 a supplement to what you're already doing and then the, the better you eat uh and the stronger you're going to be the better your body's going to perform better you're going to sleep, you know, so, um, it all kind of translates, but sure. I, I'd say, definitely say, agree with you. It's, it's, you know, start with sleep and then food and nutrition and, and hopefully build like a, a better working out program from there. But. Can you talk a little bit about creatine? Because I get a lot of, I personally take it, but I also know like that's not a crutch and I'll like eat real food throughout the day and, and drink a lot of water and stuff. But obviously you have a high school kid whose who's buddy like has 40 inch arms and he's like, oh, dude, I just ate like five pounds of creatine. <laughs> so can you kind of set the record straight with what your take on creatine is? Yeah, so um, I try to keep kids away from supplements pretty much until, you know, they're over 18 mm-hmm. um, just because they're still maturing. Their bodies are still developing. Um, the more naturally you can do it, especially at that age, uh, I think the better. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, um, creatine is probably the only proven supplement that really does, um, help in my opinion. Um, and, uh, it's going to make you more explosive. It is going to give you strength. Um, but I, I would make sure you're taking the right stuff. So the most important thing to do is really make sure there's a GMP stamp on the back. If you're going to do the supplement route, make mm-hmm. sure there's a, a GMP stamp on the back. Cause that just says that it's been tested by an outside lab. And everything that said is going to be in there is going to be in there. Because sometimes, you know, they're going to, you know, supplement companies and sneak a word you don't understand. You're like, oh, this is probably fine. Or they do fillers. Like there'll be flour in there or something like that. So right. um, I always make sure if, if a kid's going to take it or they're asking about it enough 
they're, they're going to try it at some point. So I just make sure that they have at least enough education on how to do it. But, but I'll take creatine. I take creatine. Um, when I was playing, when I'm lifting, um, you know, it's, it, it does have its benefits. I, I do monohydrate, so it holds water. Uh, if I'm trying to put on a little more size, um, then I make sure that I drink my, my water throughout the day. But, gotcha. um, but I mean, I'm not a nutrition specialist. I, I know enough to, you know, help someone make an informed decision if they're going to take it. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's hopefully that answers your question, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause I think there's so, you know, there, there's so much out there and I think from a, you know, from a coach's perspective or a parent's perspective, you know, you just want to make sure your kid's not taking anything dumb or illegal, especially yeah. in college too. Like that, yeah. that list that the NCAA comes up with every year for banned substances is always changing. And yeah. what might've been over the counter yesterday still is going to be over the counter today, but now they moved it over to the banned substance list and you might not know about it. So, yeah. And, yeah. and, and the tough thing is too, is uh, to just piggyback on what you're saying, cause that's a really good point is even some of the supplement companies are, are catching on to that. So um, they'll have two versions. So like C4 had their extreme version or whatever it was, or extra strength version. Um, and then they have their like NCAA approved version, which just says C4. Um, I mean, I don't know if they still do this, but I had a, you know, a kid that, you know, saw that C4 was, you know, available so, uh, a supplement to, uh, to take, but he did the extra strength one and uh, he almost got in trouble for it. So it was, it was mm-hmm. you know, it's just something where you really got to make sure you do your research because these companies are pretty tricky too. So, I mean, they'll, they'll make sure that they, you know, can sell as much product as they can, but um, right. so they have their just, uh, yeah. I always, I always recommend my, my kids as they're not asking me or during the research um, through their strength coach, especially NCAA or even high school, um, right. you know, just make sure they have the conversation with them um, before they, before they take anything. But Gotcha. What, um, what advice would you give to somebody trying to start out in strength and conditioning? Cause obviously there's a lot of routes you can go. You can be the traditional high school strength coach, gym teacher, you can be the college strength coach, or you could have your own business kind of like you. Um, yeah. but what would be some advice you would give to somebody looking to get into strength and conditioning as a profession? So I would definitely advise them one to make sure they get all the right certifications. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, I did the, the regular NASM one, the CSCS one is also a great one. And then the, I did the, uh, Tyler's performance Institute, um, certification, which I loved because, um, that focused a lot on, um, the kinematic sequence. So basically, um, you know, most efficient movement, um, and a lot of connection patterns. And then they also focus on how to screen, um, for any deficiency strength wise or flexibility, mobility wise, and show you how to correct it. Um, if you can understand that and you can give that off factor to whatever clients coming to you, you say, Hey, look, like, I know you, I noticed you're tight here, do this, this, and this It's going to help you open everything up. You can feel a lot better. Um, and that's going to, going to one, make them a better coach. And it's also going to give, uh, the client something, um, to walk away with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as getting started out, just make sure you're doing the right certifications. And what really helped me, um, was also coaching. So I, I coached. Uh, made sure I was around the right group that I wanted to be around. If I wanted to be, you know, I was more specialized in football, coach football mm-hmm. in high school. You know, if I wanted to do basketball, coach basketball. You know, it's, right. it's you stay around the game. You kind of see more what these kids are doing. And uh, it's it's a way to kind of start building your, your network of, you know, working with coaches, working with kids, and then kind of, kind of branch from there. 
Um, but yeah, my best advice would be make sure you, you know, you get on top of the books, you get on top of your certifications and then, and you ask a lot of questions when you do have that chance and then, uh, you know, branch out, figure out, you know, where, what market kind of want to work into and, and get out there and do it. Cause getting started is an absolute grind. I mean, you're going right. to get, you know, work weird schedules and you start, you know, you might have two sessions in the morning then you're off all day and you have two sessions late at night and then you get up and do it again. Um, so it's, it's just, uh, but as, as you, you know, build a network and, you know, grow your business and you, you get a little more normal hours, which is, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. With, uh, obviously everybody's kind of been on lockdown with all the Corona stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, California is no exception where you're at. Yes. How, what advice would you give to guys still looking to, to stay in shape and still train? Cause that's the, that's the first, mm-hmm. I always hear this stuff. Like, Oh, the gyms are closed. I got nothing to do. Like I can't go anywhere. Um, yeah. What would be your take on how do you, like, how would you still train guys to build strength and muscle and get ready for the season, even if they're stuck in their house? Yeah. I mean, look, like there's uh, it's a great question. Cause it's, you know, it's what everybody needs to hear right now. And, and, and think about it. I mean, you, you have your body, you have your body weight. You can do a ton of stuff with that. Um, you know, body weight squats, alternating lunges, push ups, sit ups, run, um, if you're just sitting around your house saying, oh, I can't have access to the gym, you're being lazy. I mean, there's resources out there. You go on Instagram, you can find some pretty good workout routines. Um, ask your strength coach. If, if you're on a team, I'm sure he'll give you some stuff. Um, or if, if uh, need be, or if you can supply you with the, with a program too that you can do at home. Um, I would say if, if you really need the equipment, make sure you buy cables and resistance bands and, and you can get an awesome workout in. Um, but sitting around and doing nothing, one, it's, you know, you, we don't know how long this is going to be. So if you're going to do that and use that as an excuse for the next three months when you get somebody that's been doing this, you know, working out, you know, four or five times a week, you're going to come back and be so far behind that it's just going to be, you're going to be playing catch up at that point. So mm-hmm. um, my biggest advice is one, don't be the guy that falls behind, be the guy that steps ahead. So um, be the one that's working extra hard, be the one that's asking more questions, bugging people to get some workouts different ways of doing things you know um and go online i mean everybody has access to a computer or an iphone these days where they can find a workout and you know if if that's the you know the only thing you can do you know go find go find a nice uh quick workout go run some hills go do some push-ups do some air squats do some planks whatever you got to do yeah i mean if 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 we really needed gyms there would have been no such thing as the uh you know the spartans uh, thousands yeah. of years ago, you know <laughs> exactly exactly um exactly. yeah it's crazy like when i lived in ukraine there was just i asked my buddies if like they knew where a gym was and they pointed to the floor and they were like florida's gym world is floor awesome i love that yeah <laughs> you know so like yeah. but if you think about it like when was the last time you saw a pull-up bar on a playground in in, in the u.s like never yeah. but if you go yeah. over to eastern europe I, I don't know if you ever went to like eastern germany which was like yeah. ussr back in the day there's pull-up yeah. bars, dip bars everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, hundred percent. And that, and that's like one of the most underrated uh, exercises, in my opinion, is, is pull-up. You know, pull-up right. push-ups, air squats. Um, yeah, I actually lived in Eastern Germany, so I lived in Rostock, which is like mm-hmm. just northeast of Berlin. And and you're hundred percent right. They have, you know, pull-up bars everywhere. The dip bars everywhere. They had like a sit-up bench, incline, decline bench. It was it was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, if you, they have, they call it street workout over there, but it's like yeah. this combo of like <laughs> calisthenics and gymnastics and break dancing. Yeah. But 
Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was, it was funny, man. Like I would argue, like I was, I got in way better shape over there just doing pull-ups and body weight stuff than I had in college. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, definitely, definitely different. And like, what's even crazier is your GPA in the Soviet union used to be tied into your physical fitness. So like if you had a four O in like science, but you couldn't do 24 pull-ups, they knocked you down to like a three, five. Dang. That's insane. Yeah. That's actually, that's actually pretty cool though. Yeah. I mean, their whole mentality was just, I can go on, but their whole mentality was like every citizen has to be a soldier because we've been in, yeah, yeah. times, but we're a little, yeah. we're a little jaded from that over here in the States, but yeah, um, yeah for sure. All right. Uh, let's see. All right, cool. All right. Uh, if you could go back in time and train with any, anybody or fitness person or martial artist or whoever athlete, who would it be and why? Probably Bruce Lee. If I any martial artist or athlete or uh, just because like uh, just his, you know, connection to the mind to um, how he saw the function of the body, how explosive you are within your, you know, three inches of movement. And then most importantly, and how that all correlates with the mind. So um, a lot of things that, you know, one thing I want to keep learning is, is just a little more knowledge of the mind and, and how it's working and how to, you know, um, I don't know, be a little, you know, mentally tough. Um, to, to coach that, uh, that mental toughness and, 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 uh, I don't know, adaptability. Cause I think that's one thing that's kind of, kind of lacking. Like it's a lot different these days where I feel like, um, sometimes kids growing up a little more sheltered and they get into this, this world of playing in high school and they're getting yelled at, they start shutting down. I go to college and it's just a different type of, you know, these guys are, this is a livelihood. So, you know, if, if they're not winning games, it's going to be a tough, tough time for them. So it's, it's just, uh, I think he would 100% be the person I would want to go back in time and, and kind of study under just to, you know, pick his brain as much as I could. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was a little guy too, man. And that, like, that yeah. two-inch punch that he used to do that would knock people out, that was crazy. Uh, it was incredible. I just would love to kind of understand that, just uh, how efficient the movements were and, you know, control of the body, connection of the body. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. What do you notice about the the pro athletes you work with and, and their mindsets and their mental game? Um, yeah. So, I mean, they're all, uh, I mean, Jay's kind of, Jason Myers is probably one of the more mentally strong people I've worked with just because he really has a, like I said, understanding of, of how to prepare. Um, he, I know you've, you've spoken with him, done an interview with him and, and he works with sports psychologist and he has a great recovery program. Um, and he, he goes into every offseason like he's, he's fighting for a job. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, a lot of these pros that, that do that, um, they, they just have a different approach. Um, I've noticed all the success, the most successful, successful ones, excuse me, successful ones uh, are the ones that go into a new season thinking that they don't have a job. You know, so I work with a guy, Don Weeks, as well. And, um, and he says, you know, um, he's coming into the season, you know, he's like, I got to compete for my spot. I got to compete for my spot. And it's just 10 tier at the same team, you know. So um, I think um, the best guys and the best pros never get complacent. You know, look at Kobe Bryant. He was waking up, you know, 4 a.m. Every, every day, you know, working out, shooting for three hours, working out for two hours, getting his body work, and then he goes and practices. Um, it, they just – the best never get complacent, and the best always last. Um, yeah. So um, that's kind of – I mean, my biggest thing I've noticed is – you know, you never get comfortable, even in high school, college. You know, you get the guy that's the superstar, and he's kind of had always the, the easy route. And then you get to college, he's like, wow, there's like 12 other guys just like me. 
You know? right. So it's, so I think uh, if you can kind of, you know, preach, preach that mindset the earlier, the better. Um, Cause you know, your job's never safe I and mean, it actually never is. So. Right. Yeah. But. What would be the one thing you would want anybody who worked with you to take away from their experience with you? Um, what, think, what do you want to remember about your coaching style? Uh, I think one that I care, um, you know, that, um, that my style is that I care for, for them, you know, having a long, good career and make sure that they, they're educated enough to, even if they, they leave working out with me, that they, you know, left learning something. So if it's, you know, understanding how important it is to, to keep uh, the body strong through stability um, and understand a little more about connection patterns, I think that would be, you know, somebody left for them to leave with. Um, but if I had one session, one hour with them, I would, you know, really focus on most just um, them understanding body maintenance, um, how to do it on their own. Um, you know, the, the lower you are on the totem pole as far as, uh, you know, you know, your playing days go. So, you know, middle school, high school, um, college even, and then you get to the pros, usually going to have those, you know, high-end uh, trainers and staff to to give you that, that right treatment. But when you're in high school, there's only so much you, you have access to. Um, right. So if I was going to send somebody home with anything, it'd be how to take care of the body, um, you know, correct way of foam rolling, quick way of stretching, and then uh, the correct way to, you know, activate the body to perform the way it should. But, yeah. Awesome, man. Hopefully. Yeah. Cool. All right. I'm going to pause right there. Thanks for listening to the Coach Cahill podcast. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to share it on any social media platform or leave a review on Apple iTunes. It really helps a lot with spreading the word. And thanks for your time.